0: This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Symbol. Guys, we have a brand new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you can earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the nearly 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbolsimbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your deposit risk-free. Again, that's www.simbull.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. <coughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live audio only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry DEE. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry DEE to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. And join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. <coughs> What's up, guys? So we close the book on week number seven, which is basically all I did, uh, all I wished for during the knee-trick reactions uh, of the Tampa Bay game, was like, let's talk about week eight. Let's talk about that visit from the 49ers because at least we'll fall back into the realm of a football game we can actually compete in as opposed to being an an embarrassing shell of a football team uh, like we were uh, in Tampa uh, on Sunday. And uh, my wish has come true. Week 7 is over. The review episodes for that disaster are over with and now we open the book on week number 8 uh, and we look forward to the A the Bears returning to home where we have a winning record and uh, we, we get a visit from the 49ers who you know who aren't quite living up to the to what uh, some people's expectations uh, of this team. Well, I'm going to be selfish and say my expectations. I thought that now that the Super Bowl loser jinx season was over with the injuries that they suffered they got everybody back and uh looked like they were a team poised to return to form uh that they had in 2019 when they uh went 13 and 3 and represented the NFC in the Super Bowl a game that they were winning up until about 10 minutes to go uh in the fourth quarter so i mean this is a team that very well could be uh the defending world champions or uh or at least that could have been going into last season, and uh, they're two and four right now. Uh, and after a good two and zero start, they've lost four straight, including this past Sunday night uh, against the Colts uh, on national TV, uh, which is a game that they that they lost coming off the bye. They were at home after a bye week. They lose thirty to eighteen to Carson Wentz and the Colts. Not a good look uh, for the team. And our guest on the show today, uh, Oscar Aparicio, back from when we had him over uh, on during the summer uh, on the opponent preview series. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about that when we had Oscar on the first time and, uh, you know, this there being some excitement uh, around this team, A, with the choice uh, of Trey Lance, adding him uh, to the team, trading up to get him uh, third overall uh, in the draft uh, this year, uh, everybody coming back and, and looking forward to having a, a season like they had in 2019. Now with the extra game and the fact that there are still ten games left in the season, uh, for for everyone the 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 hopes and dreams of making a playoff run and, and you know returning to that 2019 form aren't gone. But two and four is a heck of a hole to be in, and two and five is even worse if the Bears can pull off a victory uh, this Sunday. So this is a very important game for the 49ers, just as it is for the Bears. This is equally as important, if not more important, to the Bears because Kyle Shanahan is going to be okay. Uh, if if they lose this game, it's not great for him. But if Matt Nagy loses this game and uh, we fall to three and five, and we're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road next week before the bye week, it's it's not good. We're not not with TJ Watt and and those guys breathing down our necks on national TV uh, the following. Uh, week, So this is a very important game for the Bears. It gets us back to 500. It gives us a chance to go into the bye with a winning record if we can manage to win this week and next week uh, and things like that. Uh, you know, Matt Nagy is looking like a better and better prospect to be the first coach fired midseason uh, in the history of this uh, franchise. Uh, also, not looking good. We'll talk more about this tomorrow during during news and notes uh, and everything. Not good that uh, it seems like a lot of players are kind of talking out of school uh, now that Nagy's not in the building since he's got uh, COVID protocols to, uh, to deal with and, and get through uh, this week. So, you know, not to mention we got some very bad news about Khalil Mack today. Uh, he is most likely not playing on Sunday, that foot injury that he's been playing through the last several weeks. Um, he's likely not going to play this week, and also a stint on IR is being discussed as well, which he would have him missing this week and next week, and the third game would be, would be the bye week as well. So he could potentially come back week 10 for the—excuse uh, me, week 11 for the— Ravens and and kick off the second half of the season uh there to get him some rest let him be healed up so he's 100 percent for the stretch run uh in the second half where the schedule lightens up and and you know things could get interesting for the Bears especially if we're four and five five and four uh going into that uh break but losing Khalil Mack in these games um uh, against the Especially next week against the Steelers when you have Statue Ben uh Roethlisberger sitting in the pocket uh back there. That's uh that's uh that's you know I'd be I'd be drooling over the prospect of being able to get my hands on Roethlisberger. But anyway. So we have Oscar Aparicio on the show from the Better Rivals uh podcast. We, we discuss uh what's going on what's been going on with the 49ers this year we talk about where the wind what the window the Bears could exploit to come away with the victory uh, on Sunday and uh, you know we only had Oscar for a short time he's a busy guy so I only had him for about a half hour uh, tonight which you know as you guys know with with most of my with most of my guests half hour we're just getting warmed up you know what I mean so um it made for a, a more of a microwave version of the conversation that I wanted to have, especially when talking about this team, because they, they would kind of mirror each other with, you know, the thing that's working best for us in, on offense is our running game. We both have defenses that are to be responsible. Expected, if not feared, uh, and that's what, that's what helps us stay in football games, and it's the passing game that's, uh, that's coming up short, and that's why we're not a complete football team having the success that we want to have uh this year for us it's more of the scheme uh you know and for them it's more the quarterback or at least that's what oscar uh believes so we'll bring oscar on and we'll talk about this uh this game between the bears and the 49ers it's a very important game for both teams uh so let's go ahead and get into it this is the week 8 preview episode of the bears talk underground so let's get to it Week number 8 in this back and forth schedule for our beloved has us returning back home uh, uh, as we do I guess on even numbered weeks uh, and uh this week we will be uh, hosting the San Francisco 49ers and uh these are two teams looking to rebound from losses uh a week ago uh the bears a nasty debacle of embarrassment embarrassing proportions against the uh buccaneers and the 49ers losing on national tv to carson wentz and the uh, colts at home uh, and here to help us preview this mess and what could possibly be on sunday from the better rivals podcast oscar aparicio oscar welcome back man
1: it is good to be on but man let's uh i guess we're both going to be just very sad yes with our team right now yes very very the, the, the carson led what uh you know, indianapolis colts is not a good spot to be in right. uh, probably way worse than losing to the Tampa Bay Tom Brady's well you know it, it's it's not surprising that we lost to the Tampa Bay Tom Brady's it's
0: just that for us to show that we had literally no business whatsoever being on the field with them that made it so bad you know it I, I, I thought we were going to lose and uh, while we were getting closer I thought that maybe it would be similar to the Cleveland game, whereas with the Browns, you know, the offense was atrocious. We gave up nine sacks. That was Justin Fields' first start of the year. But going into the fourth quarter, despite it all, it was 13-6. to We were down by one score going into the fourth quarter, and then it was just, you know, the defense just the, – the, the floodgates opened up. We've been on the field for 80 plays and all that kind of stuff. The dam broke, and they scored – They doubled their point total, so it was 13 to 6 at the end of 3. 26 to six at the end of the game. I thought maybe we're looking at something like that. We'd hang tough. We'd be competitive for a while, but in the fourth quarter reality would set in Brady throws a couple of touchdown passes. And what was 13 to 10 became 27 to 10 uh, or something like that. And instead it was 21 to nothing in the first quarter before anybody's beer got warm and it got only got worse from there. So, you know, like I said, I uh, just, before we started recording, Record wise, I thought the Bears might be three and four at this point in the season. Just looking at the schedule, who we had to play, three and four made sense, you know. But I didn't think that we would be the worst three and four team the NFL had to offer uh, right now. I thought we'd be a little bit further along as a team, if not record wise.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I thought the Niners would be at this point just one of the two win teams that are that are admittedly. One game out of the wild card, which is ridiculous to say, <laughs> right. and yet here we are as the fan trying to cling to any hope, one game out of the wild card. But, you know, I thought at worst the Niners would be three and three going into this game against Chicago, and especially after the bye. I mean, that three-game stretch for the Niners just before the bye, Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona. Yeah. You think to yourself, it's it's easily conceivable you lose two of those games. You know, you could also win two of those games, but I was thinking, you know, one and two, two and one. But I thought for sure, I mean, you look at the week seven, week eight as a Niners fan, you're thinking to yourself, whatever it was before the bye, this is when you begin to hit your stride before you get a little bit of easy uh, games at the end of the year. Um, You know, the Colts I thought would be a win. And here I I was thinking the Bears would be a win. And now not so sure. Yeah, I I think I think the Bears are favored in this game. But this is not going to be a game with a couple of premium offenses or premium defenses these are going to be, you know, teams trying to figure something out. And and at least the Bears are getting Justin Fields some game experience mm-hmm. whereas the 49ers are just treading water with Jimmy Garoppolo and 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 we'll see, you know, what ends up happening. So what's been
0: the um cuz we, we talked about this over the over the summer when we when we were previewing the the season and um Kyle shanahan was 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 kind of playing you know footsie with the media as far as you know not really wanting to tell you but kind of leaning towards this they're going to be. Uh, You know, not outright saying it was going to be a quarterback competition, and not really naming Garoppolo the starter either. At the same time, whereas you know Matt Nagy was dead set. Here's the plan: Dalton's the starter, Fields is going to learn, and you know if he doesn't play a snap in 2021, then that would actually be best case scenario because that means we're doing this, and Fields is going to be the next Pat Mahomes when he takes his first snap in 2022. We'll win a Super Bowl next year, and and all the rest of that stuff. It was kind of this shroud of mystery about what Shanahan's plan was with the quarterback position almost all the way up to week one, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. And, and I think everyone thought that what the real plan was going to be, irrespective of what he did in the preseason, was going to be a little bit like Taysom Hill, where you would get some snaps here, there, and, and ultimately it would still be the Jimmy Garoppolo show. And that's what we saw early in the season. Week one, his first pass was his first play as a pro was in the red zone, and it was a touchdown pass. And and then after that, you know, kind of the wheels started falling off because you have like just a couple of plays against the Eagles. But once you get into the meat of the schedule, Green Bay, Seattle uh, and then Arizona, it really was all Jimmy Garoppolo. You saw none of Trey Lance until Jimmy Garoppolo inevitably got injured, which he did the the back half uh, of the Seattle game. And so I I think what ultimately is in Shanahan's mind is and and I think everyone knows this. Jimmy Garoppolo right now is not. a a great quarterback he's not anywhere near you know i I would say he's even probably like average at best and he's got some flashes every now and again i mean currently jimmy garoppolo is the 30th graded pff passer based on passing grade alone Mm. uh with you know minimum dropbacks somewhere near uh like 80 or 90 dropbacks um the only quarterbacks worse than him are davis mills taylor heineke trevor lawrence and unfortunately justin Justin Fields. fields yeah and and so I, I think that you, you have that, but it's that it's just this dogged insistence that he is the better passer right now, probably because he has more of the offense at his disposal. He knows more of the offense. He's been in that system. And because of that, I think Shanahan just thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo gives him a better chance to start, even though anyone with eyeballs will say, yeah, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo gives you a better chance right now. But what are you doing in the future of, of the quarterback by by not playing him? Um, Maybe that's more of an indictment on uh, Trey Lance. Who knows? I don't know. But I think Shanahan is continuing to play Jimmy Garoppolo because he genuinely believes that is the quarterback that gives him the best chance to win.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's uh, it's not dissimilar to what I think Nagy believed going into the year with Andy Dalton but the the where the where the disconnect is is that the the opinion of the 49ers coming into the season from me and from pretty much anyone that I talked to was high with now that the Super Bowl loser jinx season was out the window everybody's coming back healthy it's going to be a reset year for the 49ers uh, everyone was kind of looking at you guys to kind of uh bounce back and and I think that you know, maybe, maybe Shanahan is kind of clinging to that because, you know, because he is the veteran and he gives you the best chance to win because you guys are, you know, in line for a championship or you have the talent to do so again. Unfortunately, since week three, the season hasn't gone that way for you guys. Is he still trying to stick to this? We're, you know, we, we have a championship caliber team idea do you think maybe that's where that's coming from or does he really honestly believe Garoppolo is the better of the two quarterbacks right now
1: I think he thinks Jimmy Garoppolo is the better of the two quarterbacks right now Mm. and and I can't say that I disagree okay which is which is not great right I I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is more familiar with the offense Jimmy Garoppolo knows where to go with the football within the structure of the play more often than not Jimmy Garoppolo has some issues with locking on receivers and some post snap recognition stuff but By and large, he he puts the ball in, you know, kind of the, the, the right spot. The problem is that right spot needs to be within 15 yards and between the hashes. Outside the numbers is not a place Jimmy Garoppolo likes to go, nor is he really a deep thrower. Jimmy Garoppolo only has one big time throw. Big time throws is charted by PFF on the year, and it was in this game against the Colts. He has no big-time throws going into Week 7 and through his very, very first one uh, on Week 7. In, in the game and a half that Trey Lance played, he had like three or four big-time throws. And yes, he also had some boneheaded throws. Sure, But that's, that's the thing about playing a rookie, is that yes, you are going to take some lumps, they are going to make some boneheaded mistakes, but it is the reason you drafted them so high, the reason you traded up to get them, you know, in your case, you didn't trade as many assets as the Niners did, but the right. Niners traded up two first-round picks or three first-round picks, depending on what line of the semantic or what right. side of the semantic line you wanted you want to fall. Sure, but they they traded that because they felt this guy was worth that price, and they thought so highly of him that they're going to sit him, and that to me is the part that I just think is weird. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's um, yeah, it's 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 amazing because it's because we 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 have this schedule the bears do where we're playing the NFC west which um you know after 2 weeks every single team in the division was undefeated um that has gone well for two teams not so much for the other two um since then but it's just like with, with this schedule with the AFC um AFC uh, North and the NFC West. These are teams that sent multiple. These are divisions that multiple teams to the playoffs last year. With two games with the Packers again, um, and all that kind of stuff. It would, it looked like more of a type of season where, yeah, let's put the rookie in there and Nagy and Pace may not be able to save their jobs with wins and losses, but more so with progress from the rookie showing that, you know, he's on the right path. He's the future. Let's build the team around him. Instead, they came in with the opposite uh or at least Nagy did with the opposite idea of starting Dalton and going forward with him playing the rookie as little as possible that would be the best case scenario uh this year and uh you know that his job would be saved on wins and losses and uh it's it's hurting us now because we're hearing now that you know Allen Robinson is having chemistry issues with Justin Fields because they had zero reps together in the preseason like literally zero reps throwing the ball to our number one wide receiver in preseason and they're just now getting to know each other in the regular season now that fields has forced into duty as the starter when Dalton got hurt uh week two and you know it's the the the, the plan didn't go according to plan and it's been hurting us uh the whole time so you know I, I just don't understand what the Bears were, were thinking there and, and again with the 49ers you guys probably had championship aspirations uh coming into the into the season so it's it's um you know we're, we're dealing with the same situation but polar opposites as far as um what what we were expecting from this uh season if, if Nagy and pace were thinking championship this year they were being blindly optimistic as to what this team was capable of uh in 2021 with the with the talent level that we have and the schedule that we had in front of us um you know the 49ers it was a far more realistic uh, situation you just had injuries to recover from and you're pretty much back to being that team again w- what is what has kept the 49ers from being able to achieve that thus far?
1: well i, I do think that part of it is the performance of the quarterback okay um, I, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's had a, a good year he's had one of his worst years and and honestly, he's continued to get worse the more he's played his his five games in 2017 which is what got him that big contract and got us all thinking that he was the future of the franchise and a franchise quarterback, yeah. it was a five-game sample that is now what we know an aberration. He was deadly accurate in the intermediate areas of the field. And yes, he didn't throw very many big-time throws, but he also protected the football. He was deadly accurate, and he was able to make some out-of-structure plays. Since then, he is, his accuracy has declined. Uh, he makes he does not take care of the football. He misses underneath defenders. He hit another linebacker in the hands against the Colts uh, because he just does not see underneath defenders at least once or twice a game. Something for Bears fans to look forward to. Uh, <laughs> if you guys are going to run any fires on blitzes or do any of that kind of stuff, uh, you're, you're going to see a linebacker get into his throwing window, especially if it's short, especially if it's in the middle, and especially if it's anywhere near third and five. And and that's where you might be able to get an interception or two because it's it's happened over the course of his career. And you know he doesn't take the ball. Uh, he doesn't take care of the ball well. He fumbled it in the pocket. So I do think that he's had a, a down year, even when he is healthy now, supposedly, although his his calf might still be bothering him. he has not had a good year. And, and so I do think that some of the games just comes down to to some of that stuff, because I think the Green Bay game that just came down to Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, right? That's a game that they probably should have won. And, and maybe you think about the season a little bit differently if the Niners are at 500 right now. But especially the game against the uh, the first half against the Seahawks, I don't know that it was going super well before he got injured. Um, once you get to the the Cardinals game, then that's that's just the rookie quarterback being the, the rookie quarterback, and I think you guys feel feel that pain as Bears fans. Sure. Yeah. You know, sure. I, I do think that NFL coaches, by and large, are just a generally conservative bunch. They are not uh, they are not aggressive. They haven't historically been aggressive. I mean, the, the, even just thinking about fourth downs in general it's now starting to change and people are getting very smart, especially you get younger coaches in the head coaching roles. You get the McVays and the Staley's of the world, but by their nature, I think a lot of head coaches are just incredibly conservative. They want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to develop the player and also win. And I think that's what Maggie and Shanahan thought they could do. They could bridge the gap, win as much as they could with Dalton or with Garoppolo, and then hand it over to the younger player who now has a year of seasoning and continue to win um and unfortunately the reality is that you know this is the nfl and and those rosy butterfly types of pictures aren't going to happen so what are you going to do when you get punched in the mouth yeah um, and you know, at least i think to nagy's credit he's saying you know what let's let's go with this let's go with the guy we drafted him right let's go with it let's figure out the chemistry stuff let's i think you guys got to figure out how to get an offense that really plays their strengths but shanahan on the other hand is still clinging to the idea that he can continue to win with jimmy garoppolo I don't think it's gonna serve him well over the course of the year.
0: Yeah, no no rumors or any speculation about the seat getting warm for him or, or anything like that.
1: No, I think the honeymoon is over, is the best way to put it. Sure. You know, and this is the this is now, you know, the the fourth or, or fifth year of his tenure. I think it's the fourth year, twenty seventeen was the first year. The the shine is very much off of the young hotshot head coach. And and I do think that while he deserves criticism for some of the things that he has done as the head coach of the 49ers. I think you, you look at where Shanahan deserves criticism. He deserves criticism for not figuring out the quarterback position really until maybe Justin Fields. I'm just feeling sorry. Maybe Trey Lance. And, and that is, you know, because we still don't know what he is. He's an, he's an unknown quantity at this point as an NFL prospect. But if, if Lance doesn't hit, then I think Shanahan is done in San Francisco. But before then, he had the opportunity to draft uh, Watson, Mahomes, uh, you know, he had the opportunity to, to do lots of things at the quarterback position and, and he ended up with Jimmy Garoppolo kind of gifted to him and it was an understandable decision, but still not the right one. I think you look at the way he's handled the wide receivers, the way he's drafted wide receivers, overdrafted wide receivers. Um, and, and even though he hit on Debo Samuel and Debo Samuel is an absolute revelation as at wide receiver, you look at how he's handling Brandon Ayuk this year and that just seems weird. You look at some of the other draft decisions that he has single-handedly put his hand on players like Joe Williams, you know, green lighting someone like Solomon Thomas. I think those are all things that you you question. Uh, And then the in-game decision making, not in terms of play calling, but in fourth down decision making he is a wholly conservative coach. He call he costs his team winning percentage because of the way he calls fourth downs. Um, And those are all criticisms that you can lay at Shanahan. You have to you have to balance that, though, with the fact that he is still one of the top five or seven play designers and play callers in the NFL. He has built a culture and a team in San Francisco that has been able to withstand all of the losing. And yes, it feels frayed right now, but there's not a lot of head coaches that can say they've built an organization and an organizational structure that has been able to withstand and sustain all of the losses and still have a bit of shine on it right i think if you look at any other franchise in the nfl and you're like you had four out of five losing seasons or three out of four and one super bowl appearance you're thinking to yourself like they're not a good team and yet you still see them as like just four point dogs to arizona at home in week nine and that's in large part because of the culture and the team that shanahan has built um you know he's picked a good assistant coaches he, he, so he's done a lot of things as a head coach that are good that balance with the bad and just like anyone else they're good things they're bad things And I think you net that all out and and he's probably still a good coach and a good head coach in the NFL, but that still doesn't mean that he's criticism free. This episode of the Bears talk underground is brought to you by the Spotify green room.
0: Uh, for Wednesday night, seven p.m. Central, eight o'clock Eastern, come through and talk to me live on Club Thirty Four Seven. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Larry D.E.E. to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 34-7. Come in. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk bears. Let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. Yep. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Simba will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> right. What, the way you just described, I, I think, um, not, doesn't necessarily describe Nagy so much as it does Ryan Pace. Uh, our general manager. He's made some really great decisions. He's put together a hell of an organization. Uh, you know, revamped Hallis Hall. We have top of the line facilities that can, you know, draw future prospects and free agents and uh, and and whatnot. He's hit in a lot of important places but he also has his failures with Mitch Trubisky most of his first round picks aside from like Roquan Smith and knock on wood uh, Justin Fields have been disastrous but the guy can find gem after gem in the 5th and 6th round of the draft that turn out to, to way over uh, overplay their draft status and, and things like that it's like overall he's probably better than the, most of the criticism that he gets but like you said he's not criticism free and we've lost more than and we've won uh, under his uh, under his rule. So, uh, you know, th- their stories parallel each other, even in their different uh, positions. So let's talk real quick because um, we don't have much time with you today. But let's talk real quick about how like the season itself. And, and specifically, I want to talk about that Green Bay game because I I watched a lot of that game, especially the uh, end of it. And I didn't quite realize until This past Sunday night, when I saw that the 49ers were failed to two and four, that they hadn't won since, you know, since week two, that they'd lost four, four straight. And do you think that loss to Green Bay being as kind of heartbreaking as it was, it was a home loss, a last second, you know, you gave Aaron Rodgers too much time in the fourth quarter kind of thing that that was somewhat of a backbreaker you haven't quite recovered from? Or is it that, you know, after Green Bay you had Seattle and Arizona uh, and and things like that?
1: Yeah, I think it was more so just having Seattle and Arizona immediately afterwards. Right. I I think the thing that broke the 49ers back was – not having cornerbacks Mm. like this, the way that green Bay really attacked the 49ers defenses is is a way that I think most, if not all teams should attack them. And that's to spread them out, pick your matchup and take your shot. Cause the Niners right now are out there. They're trotting out players like Drake, Patrick and Josh Norman at cornerback, Emmanuel Mosley, right. Who I think is a good corner, but he's like, a good number two. He was good as the guy opposite Richard Sherman um, or the guy opposite Jason Verrett. But Jason Verrett tears his ACL. You know, this is one of the decisions that you put on the front office, you know, kind of putting your stock in a in a player that was a great story and we all love and I, and I, I hope he has a speedy recovery and is able to play a long, healthy career. But this is a guy who hasn't played a full 16 game season ever in his career. And, and, you know, the, I think the 12 or 13 games that he played last year were the most that he's ever played since, like, you know, something really early on in his career. And, and you're going to bank on that as your starting number one corner. You have to have a backup plan. And they really didn't. Mm-hmm. They drafted two corners uh, that they are reluctant to play. And because, again, they're conservative, so they don't want to deal with the rookie mistakes for whatever reason. And, and so when you've got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, what are you going to do? You go four wide, you go five wide. You're looking at the slot and you're like, I've got a 6'3", six, 6'4", six, wide receiver, and they're going to line up in man coverage on third down, which is something the Niners love to do. Yeah, just hit them with a slot fade. Over and over and over and <laughs> over. And, and that's what they did. And, and I think, you know, the, the Niners don't really have many corners, and the ones they do have aren't very good. The game against the Colts, uh, they, they racked up, I think, their 14th league-leading pass interference penalty. Um, and one of them against Drake Patrick was just so mind-boggling. The ball probably could have and should have been picked, but Dre just literally stares up at the ball and kind of like stumbles and ends up just falling into Pittman as Pittman makes the catch and just seals the game with a long touchdown in the pouring rain. Um, Like you're letting Carson Wentz throw 50-yard bombs on you in the pouring rain in a bomb cyclone. And and it's just, you know, that's the state of the corners. And so I don't know that it was necessarily Green Bay breaking the Niners back as it Mm -hmm. was the decisions they've made on the roster, catching up with them and then further getting exposed against a team like Arizona who loves to spread you out and hit you with, whether it be Moore or Kirk or AJ green or Deandre Hopkins to kind of pick your poison. You know, that's the thing that's going to make this Niners defense really hurt. And, and so, you know, if, if Nagy's watching the film, you'll, you'll get, you'll see some, maybe some Darnell Mooney, you'll see some players, uh, you know, get some yards against the, the Niners corners. Well, that'd be nice
0: considering that we have the statistically worst passing game in the league, the lowest point scoring offense in the NFL and, you know, being ranked thirty second in everything in offense except running uh the football, uh, which is a real change of pace for the Bears as far as us being good. I mean, we haven't been number one rushing team in the league since like Walter Payton, maybe? I mean it's been a while since we've been up there as one of the premier rushing attacks. Um uh, in the league but
1: with the way these two teams run i could legitimately see this this game being like two hours and 20 minutes long yeah. <laughs> like, like i don't doubt that up, we're man. going to have blinked and be like it's it's the third quarter yeah half a halftime
0: yeah <laughs> I, I yeah we could be uh we could be mosing into halftime at twelve forty five on uh yeah. you know like before even before 1 p.m where it's already you know we're already kicking off the halftime show uh, wow. with, with the way these teams run and play defense. And, you know, the, the one thing that has me worried about the 49ers is, is our offensive line and the lack of their ability to protect Justin Fields at times, which of course falls on the offensive line and, on the coaches for not really finding a way to offset that, not having, you know, not going max protection or chipping the ends or anything like that, especially since most of the pressure is coming from the outside. We leave our tackles on an island. We don't help them. So, uh, you know, you still have... Please, please do that. Yeah, if you that's lose your
1: tackle on an island against Nick Bosa. Right. that's your own fault. That well, yeah,
0: and fault. and especially since Nick Bosa plays on the defensive right slash offensive left, he's going to be going up against 39 year old Jason Peters there, uh, who's been remarkably healthy for someone who's spent the last several years of his career on injured reserve, uh, kind of thing. And obviously, that's where his you know his greatness is uh, is tested because in the running game. He's 360 pounds. He's going to get in your way, and that's going to help us uh, on offense. But as far as pass protection, uh, I would recommend Nick Bosa taking a step to the outside and then cutting across his face to the inside. He'll win every single time. Uh,
1: Funny is that's actually Nick Bosa's preferred move. Awesome. The Niners play wide nine, and so he did. He does often line up outside, And, and he's one of the things that he did really well in college and still does at an elite level in the NFL. Is he will identify your overset so quickly and he will get you to overset to the outside and cut right inside you Mm -hmm. and get that inside a move. He does it regularly and he's very, very good at it. Well,
0: then answer me this. How is your interior pass rush because that was the one thing that really hurt us against tampa bay was that they had vita vea in the middle so our guards had to focus more on him in the middle which left our offensive tackles uh on an island so james daniels cody whitehair had to block down to take care of that big bastard in the middle do we have anybody that we need to worry about in the middle or can whitehair help out on the left side with bosa
1: yeah, I think there are a couple people that I, I wouldn't say are world beaters. No one is going to be quite to the level of Vita Vea. Right. I, I think you've got DJ Jones if he's healthy. I think he has some power that he can get up in the middle. I, I think the thing you've got to worry about more so than anything, though, is if the Niners begin to move Eric Armstead inside. If D Ford is healthy and Samson Ebukam is healthy and he's going to play, um, D Ford has a concussion. So he's you know going through the protocol. And if he makes it by the end of the week and he gets <laughs> some snaps in, then you're going to see Eric Armstead in the middle of that defensive line, especially on obvious passing downs. And that's going to be bad news bears for the interior of your line. Eric Armstead is playing phenomenally this year. He, you know, he always gets compared to, to DeForest Buckner. And, and I understand why, because the Niners chose Eric Armstead over DeForest Buckner. They decided to give Eric Armstead a contract. And, and this season, He is outperforming DeForest Buckner when it comes to pass rushing win rate, Uh, the number of pressures he's getting per pass rush snap, his run stop grade, like he is playing out of his mind. He does not get enough credit for what he's been doing as defensive end on the other side of Nick Bosa. And if he is able to kick inside on obvious passing downs, if the Bears are in third and long, then absolutely you should be worried.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Them. Well, we're, we're running low on time, uh, Oscar, so we'll skip to the end here. If the, Bears, uh, if the Bears are going to come away with a victory on Sunday, what do we need to do in order to pull it off?
1: Uh, pass the ball. Uh, and, and now I know that you may be worried because passing the ball is not something that I think that you've done very well. But, you know, I, I will say I loved Justin Fields as a prospect. And when we did our, our pre-draft scouting, um, I thought that that Fields – maybe should have been the guy the Niners went with at third overall. Mm -hmm. And that's because of his accuracy that he's played in college and he's doing, you see some of those flashes. Now those mid range, 15 yard sideline shots between like a cover 2 zone. I mean, they're, they're good. They're pretty like that's hard to do. And, and yes, the, the knock on him was his processing and, and him holding the ball too long and not recognizing blitzes. And, that's also happening. I think you look at the the sacks that the Bears have a bad offensive line, yes, yeah. But but some of those sacks are are credited to Justin Fields, um, holding the ball too long, going into pressure, you know, bailing on clean pockets. Um, and, and you hope that that stuff kind of gets better as he progresses as a passer. But he's got the toolkit to attack where the Niners are weak on the edges, at the corner. Um, and, and especially in the intermediate areas and, and he's not afraid to chuck it up either. And the Niners love to play man on third down. Um, so, so yeah, if, if he can get the ball out and he can get it to uh, a playmaker, I mean, Allen Robinson is going to be better than any corner that we've got easily. Um, you know, I think Mooney is going to be, is going to give the Niners problem just because of his speed. Um, especially if they play man against them. I mean, the dude, the dude's just fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I think that that's that's going to be where where you win and, and where you can win, because I'm, I'm not going into this game, even despite those kind of mismatches and the Niners defensive line and, and, and what they're doing. This to me, I'm not chalking up as like an easy win right. at all. The Niners are an average team. They are an average teams, sometimes lose games they should win. Um, and and I think that's what the Niners are right now. Um, they're an average team, which means this is a very winnable game for Chicago.
0: Yeah and that's when I when I saw the schedule and how it was uh laid out the way that we played after Cleveland it's like I saw after the Lions game which was the game after Cleveland that you know with the Raiders the Packers the Buccaneers the 49ers and the Steelers before the bye it's like yeah that's that's could easily be five losses with the way that we've played up to this uh, point. And the reason that, that I'm still kind of sticking to the very real possibility the Bears could lose this game is because despite what has gone wrong for the 49ers, you guys can still rush the passer. And that's been the kryptonite for the Bears so far uh, this year. So as long as you've got Nick Bosa, you've got a dog in the fight. And, you know, the possibility of of winning this game is is very, very real. Yes, it's a winnable game for the Bears. It's definitely a winnable game for the 49ers. It's just going to be a matter of who can offset the other's uh weakness to be able to or strength, I should say, to be able to uh come out ahead. Last thing before I let you go, um what's the injury front looking like for you guys? Is I is George Kittle banged up? Is he going to play? Are we going to see him this weekend. How's what's the story?
1: George Kittle is not going to play. He may start practicing next week. Trey Lance actually sprained his knee in the 16 rushing attempts that he had against the Arizona Cardinals. And mm-hmm. so he, I think, is going to come back and he may be the backup. And if he's healthy enough, he might get a snap or two. But I, I think this is still going to be the Jimmy Garoppolo show. The The injury that there are other kind of associated injuries that are, you know, that are kind of concerning, but not, you know, super core. They're good players to have, but they're not like people we depend on regularly. D. Ford, chief among them. He's in the concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, Jokowski Tart is our starting safety. We've got a backup fifth rounder named Talano Hufanga, which will be interesting to play. You know, but all those are ancillary kind of folks. the The player that is the player that I think cannot miss a game, uh, another game, is Trent Williams. Trent mm-hmm. Williams missed the last game. He is, in my opinion, one of the two best tackles in football. Right. And 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 he is gonna just demolish lives if he's playing, whether it be in the run game or the pass game. And if he doesn't play, then a fifth round rookie by the name of Jalen Moore is going to be playing, who had an OK game against the Colts. But it is definitely, you know, sometimes he's got plays where it looks like a fifth round rookie. Um, sure. You know, he gets beat to the outside and, and his feet aren't great. And, and that's going to be bad. So it's great that your premier pass rusher is not going to be playing yes. because <laughs> whether he lined up against McGlinchey or whether he lined up against Jalen Moore, he was going to win. He was absolutely going to win. So I think that if, if you have Trent Williams and McGlinchey, now you probably can get a little bit more time. And, and that, I think, is going to be a good, good thing. But, I mean, other than that, George Kittle's still out. Uh, Debo Samuel has a calf injury, but it looks like he's going to play. And everyone else is kind of just around that.
0: Yeah, well, I just hope that we get our other guy back, Robert Quinn, because despite the year that he had in 2020, he's been playing awesome. Uh, He was on COVID last week against the Buccaneers, which is what made it so much easier for them to kill us because all they had to worry about was Khalil Mack. You isolate him, you win the game kind of thing. So hopefully we get him back to kind of offset the loss uh, of uh, of Khalil Mack, and we'll see how that works out, and which one of those tackles we have to go up against on the left side. Oscar, man, I, I hate that we had so little time. Uh, you know, it's been an, uh, a great time. Tell us where we can uh, catch you uh, in the meantime when we're not, uh, we don't get a chance to talk.
1: You can find me on the twitters at Better Rivals uh, if you want to. I guess we did a Justin Fields breakdown. Uh, if you want to go back and take a look at that, I might just even just send you the link uh, just to show you what we saw. Uh, preseason, uh, and let you share it out with with some of your folks because, um, I, I like him as a prospect, man. You know, and, and I don't think that any player is fully baked year one. Um, I think we get spoiled yeah. with some players, um, like Joe Burrow, who I think is going to be just so so He's good. So good, and we get yeah, th- I know he is. It's it's, it's absurd. Um, I, I think we get spoiled with some of those players, um, and, and I think we forget it takes a while to get up to speed. Um, for lots of different reasons, and and I like I like Fields a lot, man. I really do. Um, so we'll see. I, I wish it would be the Lance versus Field show because I think that'd be a lot of fun. That would be fun. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll just smash up, you know, limp, you know what's against one another. And <laughs> see <wins> <laughs>
0: I love it, Oscar Aparicio, the Better Rivals podcast. Thanks so much, man. All right, man. Thank you. want to thank Oscar for coming back on the show to talk Bears 49ers, even in the limited time that he had uh, available. I think we did cover a lot, even in the uh, only half hour uh, that we did have. And, um, you know, that little point there at the end about, uh, you know, Khalil Mack and, and, and missing him and, and what could have been, Uh, You know, it it really hurts to hear him say that, Uh, you know, just like to know that he's not going to be there. And especially if Trent Williams doesn't play, what a what a feast that game could have been uh, for Mac. And if, you know, if we got Robert Quinn back, we still haven't heard anything uh, on him. And if he'll be available for the Bears uh, on Sunday against the uh, 49ers, I certainly do hope. I mean, now that Khalil Mack is out, we need Robert Quinn. Uh, back out there you know we absolutely uh do unfortunately he'll be the one facing double teams and things like that with mac gone uh but it also could be a big game for Travis uh gibson you know if they are struggling on the on the outside the way that we do in, in pass protection then uh maybe gibson and and quinn can uh can get after uh get after uh, garoppolo and uh make some things happen so you heard him mention that um You know, if we do run some blitzes and get in Garoppolo's face, that could open some doors to some turnovers. And as I stated last week going into the Tampa Bay game, getting takeaways, creating turnovers, that has been the key to success for the Bears so far uh, this year. So, uh, you know, we had turnovers against, obviously we had them against the Bengals. We had them in in we had them in bunches uh, against the Bengals. We got two turnovers against the uh, Lions a couple of weeks later, and uh, you know we got some turnover we got a turnover or two against the uh, Raiders the week after that, and uh, we won all three of those games. And the four losses that we've had so far, not only were they embarrassing, <laughs> very very hard losses to watch, no turnovers created in any uh, of those games, not one. So. Um, you know that's uh, that seems to be a staple for Chicago Bear victory is is creating uh, turnovers. So that'll definitely be a key to the game when we talk about this tomorrow in the deep dive uh, preview. But uh, you know, so it, it sucks that Mac isn't going to be there because that's one thing that he's good at is is uh, when he gets to the quarterback. He's not so much looking to sack the quarterback as he is to uh, kind of create turnovers. Uh, that was one thing that he was masterful at in twenty eighteen. Was that uh you know kind of always uh marveled at the fact that how good he was at getting to the quarterback and uh not getting called for um roughing the passer because he was far more interested in attacking the ball than he was at attacking the passer uh himself you know if he could he was gonna create a turnover uh and try to get the ball back to his uh team so um yeah we'll uh we'll uh We'll see if if Quinn and uh, Gibson, uh, you know, and I just I just want Robert, Robert Quinn back in the lineup. We we definitely need him now. That Mac isn't going to play, or at least it's it's highly unlikely at this point. I don't I haven't heard anything official from the Bears saying that he's definitely out. It's just that this is what we've been hearing around the league uh, today that it's not likely that he's going to play. So everyone is treating it as fact right now. But uh, until I hear it from the team. Um, which will probably be sometime tomorrow or Friday, uh, making it official. Um, I'm still going to hold out hope that uh, Khalil Mack's going to gut it out for one more uh, game. But uh, anyway, come back on tomorrow on – on thir- well, what's tomorrow? Well, I'm recording this Wednesday night for Thursday show, so come back tomorrow on Friday for you, and uh, we'll do the deep dive preview, keys to the game, news and notes – And uh, we'll see how we match up. Well, let's see if we play that game uh, as well. How do we match up with the 49ers? And uh, can that determine whether or not we can come away with a victory to get back to 500 with the chance to have a winning record going into the bye after playing the Steelers next Monday? So come on back tomorrow. We'll do the deep dive and uh, get you ready for Bears Niners on Sunday. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.
1: Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane.